It is now 10 past 10 on a Monday morning, so it is time for... Welcome to Movies, Movies, Movies on Mornings with Bridie Tanner featuring Jack and Andre. FBI Radio. Hello and welcome to Jack and Andre, my film lords. Hello. Hi, welcome back to the studio after a week. It's very, I'm very excited because I've seen, seen more film than ever because of the Sydney Film Festival. Oh my God, you're tearing me apart, Bridie. That's awesome. I want to talk to you. Uh, I, every time I see a movie, I message you straight away, mm. as you know, <laughs> and say, I saw a movie. Um, <laughs> so I'm always so excited. How has have your weeks been? Well, funnily enough, Jack and I have stopped seeing movies. Oh my God, we just had total fatigue. We had fatigue from the Sydney Film Festival. Well, you were seeing 20 movies a oh, day, right? Yeah, it was enough. Something like that. And we just had to have a break, so we on a bit of a hiatus, so we're, we're not, not doing reviews today. Yeah, we're not doing them at all, or ever again. No, that's not true. No, we're trying to get inspiration. We've got one of our heroes in today mm, that we're going to talk to. So exciting! Greg Sestero is in the foyer right now, waiting to come We've on air. We've already said hi <laughs> multiple times. We actually have a little bit of a giveaway for a screening tonight happening at the Hayden Orpheum. It's his new film, Best Friends, and we're asking you to text in what your guilty pleasure films are. Uh, The winner, well, two winners, first winner and runner-up, will get double passes to go see this new film tonight with Greg Sestero there for a QA and a afterwards at the Hayden 0409 945 945. What is your guilty pleasure film and your supporter number as well? That's right. Real quick, you're not going to have as much fun seeing any film than The Room. I mean, it's just the most enjoyable cinematic experience. So text in and uh, does that make sense? Uh, Not really. It's a different film. It's Best Friends. I know. I know. But I'm just saying that you want to have fun in a movie, you need to go see this. Yeah. Let's get into this movies, movies, movies. Movie news. That's a bit, that's a bit. So first up, local artist, storyteller and event organiser Candy Royale has passed away. And I know I have really strong emotions and memories attached to seeing Candy perform. And I'm sure there's going to be people all over Sydney really feeling this great loss this morning. So it's sad that we have to open up with mm. that. But I'm really... I don't know. I'm just hoping people get on YouTube and are, are watching the spoken word that's out there and mm. like feeling this loss. Is there a is there a key like a video that people should go to? You can go and watch Stained is really powerful um, that was released for Invasion Day and uh, it just talks about you know I, I mean like she tells real truths. Yeah, I like, think everyone's been moved and touched by her performances yeah, at the Red and Rattler and, and all over Sydney and just facilitated a lot of other people's careers and artistic expression. Like she meant a lot to a lot of our yeah. artist friends. Yeah. Um, and also another news this week in movie news, um, to mark International Refugee Day, MIA has announced that her documentary is going to be released in September all across the world. Um, Including America. Yeah, in America. It's getting a wide release in America. Yeah, which is crazy because you would have thought that they'd be a bit more apprehensive. Yeah, totally. I wonder if she's expecting any backlash from that. I'm sure she is. I'm sure she's ready for it too. Yeah, yeah. bring it on. Uh, I'll do the next one. Yeah. Kate Shortland, Canberran director, also known for directing Berlin Syndrome and Somersault, is being tapped on the shoulder to direct Black Widow, which is... He's hoping. Here's to hoping. Black Widow being one of the characters from The Avengers, played by Scarlett Johansson. It's a huge deal if it goes through. She'd be the first Canberran filmmaker to direct a Hollywood blockbuster, I think. Oh my god, uh, I'm blushing. Which is kind of crazy. Nothing's been set in stone. They're just trying to find a female director to direct uh, the Scarlett Johansson movie. Apparently there's been meetings. We don't want to speculate. We don't want to even put any pressure on, you know? No, absolutely not. Feel free to say no. We just saw an article. It's gross. We have no idea. Yeah. Um, Okay. Also, why is the New Yorker review of In 
Incredibles 2 so horny so has horny. been the question on a lot of people's lips this week. Mm. Um, Anthony Lane has been known for being pretty misogynistic and male gazy in his reviews and being just like an old Woody Allen kind of reviewer. But he's done this really, really horny review of Incredibles 2 where he's like some excited ki- by trampoline me. And, I like, know. Some killer lines include talking about the lazy afternoon in the marital boudoir between Mr. and Mrs. Incredible. It's like, careful, leave them alone. Careful daddy's popcorn's going to go flying. I know. It's just... A, Ew. It's cringy. <laughs> Still excited to go see Incredibles 2, yeah. though. Are you, though? <laughs> yes, Jack. We've had this oh conversation before God. the show. And then in other more exciting news, in a great revelation in a TED Talk, it's been revealed that Mudbound, which was a film that came out last year, directed by Dee Reese, had Mary J. Blige and Carrie Mulligan, struck gold with a Netflix deal. It's been streamed for over 20 million hours, which is more than any cinematic theatrical release. It's just amazing information to know that a movie on Netflix can generate such a viewership. And it was only put out into cinemas to qualify for an Oscar an Oscar release or an Oscar... Yeah, Mary J. Blige was nominated for an Oscar for her song. That's right, yeah. And it's actually just been a humongous success and it could it could set the standard for later Netflix film releases. Well, I thank you so much for telling us all the movie news today, Jack and Andre. Mm-hmm. And I want to say thank you to everyone who's texting in their cringe films to win Ooh. a double pass to Best Friends tonight with Greg Sestero who we have uh, to interview right after this. We are sadly going to skip over two reviews today, uh, even though you're reviewing Climax and Nanette, which everyone is going mental about on Facebook at the moment. Mm -hmm. Um, But you can catch them on Instagram. Go and read them at movies underscore movies underscore movies, which I will be doing straight after the show. Let's get into a song now from Johnny Reebok, and when we come back, it'll be Sydney Spotlight feat Greg Sestereo. Woo! That was Johnny Reebok with You Don't Know Flavors Boy. You're in the middle of movies, movies, movies here on Mornings with Friday Tanner uh, on FBI Radio. And it is time to hop right into this. Sydney Spotlight. Today for Sydney Spotlight, we are focusing on the screening that is happening at one of our favourite cinemas, the Hayden Orpheum in Cremorne. It's uh, known for its screenings of the room that pack out and has some sort of record like the most... It's been going for the longest with the biggest audiences or something like that. Uh, Greg Sestero is in town to not only be there for an interactive screening of The Room tomorrow night, but tonight he's going to be there for a screening of his new film, Best Friends, also starring Tommy Wiseau. If you haven't heard of it, check it out now and go along and see it tonight. We have got double passes to give away, but we would like to introduce Greg Sestero right now to FBI Radio. Thank you so much for coming in today, Thanks for having me. Hello, hello, Greg. Oh my God, what a pleasure. Do you want to start, Bridie, because you're huge fan of The Room. Yeah, I am a huge fan of The Room, Greg. Uh, so thank you so much for coming in and honouring me today. Uh, I also loved The Disaster Artist too. Uh, the book and the movie were great and you were last in Australia for that, when that movie came out. Is this the, the first time you've been back since then? Yeah, it's the first time I've come back. Um, you know, I never thought I would make another film with Tommy. For those of you that saw The Disaster Artist, it was quite a journey. Um, but yeah, no, we made another film, um, and it's it's a crazy one. Tommy plays a mortician in Best Friends, which is finally a role that fits him. Oh my god! Um, <laughs> you know, because I think in the room, one of the funny things is that he cast himself as a banker, and uh, I don't think any of us believe him as a banker. But in this movie, he plays a mortician. Um, you know, and I love the Hayden Orpheum Theater that's been showing the room for so many years. Uh, so it's going to be exciting to be there tonight and show the new film. I, I love how on the Hayden Orpheum website, for every single room screening, they have a big disclaimer saying, 
strictly nothing thrown at the screen except for plastic spoons, <laughs> nothing else, strictly no throwing of bottles. <laughs> and they have a new environmental policy there as well, which means it's only they're only throwing biodegradable spoons oh, and recycled as well. Oh, that's so lovely. That makes me so happy. Um, Greg, tell us a little bit about how the ideas behind Best Friends were generated. So I saw a rough cut of The Disaster Artist about two years ago, you know, before, well before it came out. And... Um, I thought it had a beautiful ending because it showed uh, the human side of Tommy and it made me realize that all he's ever wanted is to be taken seriously as an actor and no one has given him that chance. And I think since The Room, they've kind of cast him as a parody of himself, um, you know, kind of playing a joke. And I always, when I met Tommy in the acting class now almost 20 years ago, it's amazing to say that, I... um, I thought he had something special to offer as an actor, a character actor, kind of like a Klaus Kinski, somebody really edgy and, and kind of vampire-y. Um, and so I set out to write this script that he and I would do together that would take him seriously and actually try to make a film, um, you know, obviously because I got into acting because I love movies, not bad movies. So I thought, you know, all these years later, it'd be good to try to make something um, different and interesting. And so we set out to make kind of this L.A. noir story about mortician and a drifter coming together that create this underground business um you know it's crazy enough just to go out and make it and it looks like this surreal art film and i mean what was made clear in disaster artists is that you guys had so much passion and really wanted to make things and i think it's really inspiring that you made something outside the studio system and have kind of had careers afterwards like how does it feel coming back and making this um, it was, I mean, it was cool just to work again. You know, I think the room became this phenomenon and it was great to go out there and meet fans and talk about it and just great to be in something that people saw and loved. But, you know, for me, I didn't know there was a market for bad movies. <laughs> yeah. So I got a great education in that regard. And then I thought, let's go out and try to make something good, I guess, and, or at least sincerely try to make something good. And if it's bad, then, you know, so be it. But I feel like, uh, you know, I knew Tommy and I had more to offer, you know, than just this you know, bad movie we made 15 years ago. I know that Jack and I see a lot of movies and we see a lot of, you know, European art films, I guess. And watching the trailer to Best Friends, it looks like it's come out of, like, an obscure, you know, underground film festival. It looks so weird and wild and original. Is that something that you guys strive to do or that you think about? Yeah, definitely. Because, like I said, I'm a lover of film. Like, I've you know, the last few years, some of my favourites have been um, Nightcrawler, Drive, uh, just, you know films with a different aesthetic and I thought it'd be cool to try to make an art film starring Tommy and and again try to you know the cinematography to be on point and try to make something visually compelling with Tommy in the lead I thought that would be a different avenue to take because I think when you watch the room you know you laugh at the the production value but I thought uh, giving the fans something different that would surprise them I think that was the most important thing for me to have the audience sit down and kind of expect the room shtick and then get something you know, really different, but ho- hopefully equally enjoyable. And did you have a third party directing this film? Yeah, a friend of mine, um, he uh, he saw The Room when he was like 16, and he was just blown away by it. But he's a lover of cinema. He, you know, some of his heroes are like Terrence Malick and David Fincher. And I thought, let's let's make something that would Whoa. be appeal to Room fans, but mm-hmm. also try to, you know, make something that's, you know, that looks looks decent. It looks like a David Lynch film, to be honest. <laughs> like it looks like a freaky thing from like a factory. I don't know. Can I just ask you how you got his trust back? Um, Tommy's trust. Yeah, I think. Um, I don't think you know. I think with the book, like you know, he was the first person I told that I was going to write the book. Um, 
And so, you know, when the book came out, he had his own view on it. But obviously, three weeks after the book came out, like, James Franco called. So, I mean, I think he knew, despite him kind of, you know, wanting to be more in control, I think he realized, like, I knew what I was doing, obviously, if, like... With the book, it kind of made his dream come true. He got to go on stage with the Golden Globe. So it was like, I think he's like, okay, obviously I thought I knew what I was doing, but clearly Greg probably can see a different path that I don't see. And I think he was smart enough to realize, okay, maybe, maybe this, maybe Greg has a, has a plan. Okay. That was a really shameful moment. I thought when James Franco pushed him aside at the Golden Globes, do you know what he was going to say? I think he was going to say the American dream is alive, but who knows? I mean, it could have been, you know... Did you say alive or a lie? Alive. Oh, cool. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe he would have said the other one. I don't know. We will never Uh, know. But I think, I mean, here's the thing. You know, know, James Franco won the award for acting, you know, so it was, you know, it was his award, obviously, and I thought it was a nice gesture that James brought him up, up there. And I think, you know, it's a very short amount of time to speak, and I think it was probably just a lot going on. Uh, you know, and I think, uh, you know, who, who knows what, what would have happened. How was uh, Tommy Wiseau to work with as an actor on Best Friends? Uh, he was great this time around. I mean, I think, uh, again, with The Room was a long time ago. I didn't have much experience. It was his first film. Uh, so it was a little bit more chaotic. And the script obviously was you know, very much like living on Tommy's planet. We didn't know what, what was going to happen with it. But this time around, he was um, in a part that fit him. He was excited to work um, on something new, and I thought he was great to work with. Totally different experience in the room. Well, we're going to go to a quick song now. It's actually a selection by Greg Sestero, who is in for Movies, Movies, Movies today, ahead of the screening, the premiere screening of Best Friends, his new film showing tonight at the Hayden. We do have a couple of double pass giveaways to that screening to give away after this. So keep it, your text coming in for your favourite guilty pleasure films on 0409-945-945. This is Huey Lewis in the news with The Power of Love. Huey Lewis and the news with Power of Love. You're listening to FBI Radio. Mornings with Brady Tanner is the show. Movies, movies, movies is the segment. And our guest today is Greg Sestero from The Room, The Disaster Artist, and now, of course, Best Friends, which is showing tonight. And we have double passes to give away. Thank you to everyone who's texting in your guilty pleasure films and your supporter numbers to 0409-945-945. If you want to win a double pass, just text us your guilty pleasure film, what you watch, which is kind of shameful, but you also really, really love it. Uh, Greg, thank you so much for coming in to Mornings today. I wanted to ask you about Best Friends, your movie. We've been talking about it a little bit. Um, I just found out that this is actually a movie that's been split into two volumes. Can you uh, tell us a little bit about uh, why the story sort of needed to be split in two? Yeah, I mean, uh, so I wrote the script. Um, I had an edible late one night. And I started writing the script based on a true life experience I had with Tommy, in which we took a road trip up the California coast. He thought I was taking him up there to try to kill him. And I wasn't. It was, anyway, it was a really bizarre like, kind of interaction. So I wrote the script based on that. In four days, I had the whole script written. And we shot it, expecting it to be one film. And then we have like 
three hours and I was like, dude, we can't have a three hour Tommy Wiseau film. So uh, we tested it and realized that it would be better split up in two parts with how different the vibe is in each film. Like the first one's an LA noir, the second one's like a high plains drifter western, um, you know, takes place in, in Arizona. So um, yeah, I mean, I feel like that's the way to do it. You know, we kill build it. Uh, <laughs> cool. And hopefully, uh, yeah, hopefully it, it's a fun experience. And I just realized with this, with your song choice then just then, uh, have you picked the the music for these films? Yeah, well, also, you know, Back to the Future, which is my favorite film, does also play, you know, the, I've always wanted to do a sequel. So it's like, back, you know, Back to the Future 1 and 2. Um, so that's kind of what we're doing here. Yeah, we have um, Dan Plattsman from Imagine Dragons did the uh, the score for uh, for the film. So, um, yeah, no, music's a great part of it so far. Do yeah. you mind if I, can I yeah. chime in real quick? Go Last one. Um, speaking of sequels, do you think we could ever expect a Room sequel? Or It's tough to say. I feel like when you wait too long you miss that window of uh, you, you run the risk of doing you know the Dumb and Dumber mm. uh, sequel or the Blair Witch sequel where you kind of lose the the magic of what was in the first one I, I pitched a sequel ideas to Tommy over the years like maybe Johnny survives the gunshot comes back as like a ladies man or he's got a twin brother uh, but he's like no 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 we don't do sequel at this time <laughs> so uh <laughs> Yeah, it's tough. I mean, it's tough to say. Never say never, though. Yeah, who knows? There might be another window somewhere, like, weirdly like way in the future. Yeah, yeah. Um, what is in Best Friends for fans of The Room? Um, I mean, Tommy and I both tried to make it, you know, different from The Room. We weren't trying to recreate The Room in any way. But there are, like, three references to The Room or homages to The Room that work their way in uh, on their own. So I feel like the room was like this presence looming over that was like, no, 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 you're not going to get away making a movie with no references. So there are like three bizarre references to the room that aren't like direct, but, I, you know, when we tested it, fans got really excited. So, um, and it does involve a basketball. So I'll, okay. I'll give that much away. Is the, is the title of the film Best Friends a reference to uh, Mark being Johnny's best friend? Well, he does say it like eight times. They do say they're best friends like eight <laughs> times in the room. But for me, I took this uh, inspiration from uh, Warner Herzog's documentary, My Best Fiend, which is about their friendship. Uh, so that's kind <laughs> of where the title oh came God. from. Okay, More, uh, less, <laughs> less than the room, but I, I remember someone saying like, Ah, I know where you got that best friends title. Johnny and Mark say it about 20 times. And I was like, oh, no, I didn't even notice that. Ooh. Um, last question for you, Greg, before we let you go today. To get off to your screening at the Hayden Orpheum tonight of Best Friends, the Sydney premiere, with a Q&A with yourself afterwards, uh, what advice do you have for young creatives who might be sort of in their early 20s, have a big dream that seems kind of unattainable, much like you were when you first got cast in the room? What advice would you give? To yeah, those I mean, there, there you go. Like I, the, of the, anything I'd ever done in my entire life to that point, the room was the least I expected to go anywhere. Like I expected nothing from it. It ended up being the thing that gave me a shot. So um, I would say, don't wait for your phone to ring. Get out there and make stuff. If you want to be a writer, a musician, or actor, don't um, you know, don't let time pass you by thinking an agent or a manager or something like that is going to make it happen for you. You can now go out and do it yourself. You know, you there's team up with a group of people that also want to do be creative whether it's a director cinematographer just go out there and make something short film um youtube video anything to to give you that feeling of completing something and keeping the creative momentum going i think is really important uh stay in at night read watch films um 
just follow your passion and, and be uh, proactive, I think, um, is the number one thing. Because it can happen. You just need to, to give yourself as many chances and avenues um, for that for that chance to take place. So, I mean, I, I mean, for me, I never thought I'd be, uh, you know, in Sydney being able to show a film that I just made with a friend um, and how cool. I mean, I, I was telling uh, Alex at the Hayden Orpheum that this theater is like, has the highest percentage of people coming around the world seeing the room every month. You know, they show like 700 people showing up. It's the most in the world. So you just, again, you never know what you're going to make, how people are going to respond to it. So just go out there and, uh, and make stuff. Go see Greg Sestero tonight at the Hayden Orpheum from 7pm. Tickets are 25 for concession, 27 full price. Uh, thank you so much for making Best Friends. Can't wait to see it. And thank you for everyone who's texting in to win double passes. We'll announce that uh, that winner very soon. And thank you, Film Lords Jack and Andre, for Movies, Movies, Movies as well. Thanks, Greg, for coming in. Thank, thank you so much, guys. Pleasure. Thank you. Good luck with everything. On FBI Radio. This podcast is produced by FBI Radio in Sydney. Find more at fbiradio.com slash podcasts.